This is the City Surgery on City Talk 105.9. And it's City Talk 105.9. Welcome to the Legal Surgery. Every Thursday, Mark Ellis joins us. He's our solicitor from James Murray Solicitors, and he's here to guide us through all matters law. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon, Mick. Uh, any, any winners yet? On the first day of the entry No, festival? not a thing. I've not looked at the form or anything, so I don't know who's running. Well, get on it for Ladies' Day. Yeah, okay. Grand National itself. Have you got any tips? Um, I've, to be honest, I've heard so many tips that mm. if I just repeated them all, one mm. of one or two of them would probably come in and I'd look like mm. some kind of like soothsayer. Mm. Um, there were plenty, though, that went horrendously wrong. I've got a tip for you. Go on. Always wear clean underwear. Mark Ellis joins us every Thursday to talk through the latest from the world of law and answer your legal questions. So if you've been sending in those questions over the course of the week, hopefully we'll be answering them uh, in the next 20 minutes or so. Mark is from James Morris Solicitors, and you can reach him uh, via the email surgery at citytalk.fm. Send your questions in over the course of the week, and we'll hopefully answer them on the uh, City Surgery, which is this time each and every Thursday drive time. Uh, if you want to remain anonymous, make that nice and clear in your email. That's no problem there. If they are particularly sensitive emails, we always remove the names anyway because we don't want to give out too much information over the air. Uh, starts off with uh, no names on this one, but uh, dear Mark Ellis, my wife has been a target from a certain person for almost two years, lies tweeted about her and false accusations made. A fake Twitter account was set up and from this account horrible things were tweeted. I was the person that account claimed to be. I have been to Twitter, they're not interested. What can I do to stop all these lies, vindicate my wife and let everyone know who it was thank you please no names uh, we understand why you know this is the thing about sort of the social media world that we live in these days that things like facebook and and twitter and all sorts of things like that you know people have been subjected to abuse and in you know 10 20 years ago this would never have happened so what do you do is basically what you're saying well the first thing is you've, you've gone to twitter and you're saying that they're not interested and you maintain this person is, is tweeting lies about you and making false accusations about your wife so what should you do well the most obvious thing is why not just block it and ignore it completely. Why do you have to vindicate anyone? You know your wife hasn't done these things. Why get yourself all worked up about it? If they're all lies, uh, just ignore it completely. Block it on Twitter and forget about it and move on. And I think anyone with a, with a modicum of sense will realise it's a load of bunkum and everyone should forget about it. And whoever's tweeting will soon get bored of tweeting and go on to something else. If you're actually giving them time and giving them cause for concern, it's going to encourage them to do it all the more, is it not? Would it not be simply be better to say, right, do whatever you want to do, tweet whatever you want to say, what, you know, is it 170 subjects per tweet or something, Mick? 140. 140, there we go. Um, you know, people soon get bored of doing that after a while and they'll move on to something else. But if you f- sort of in- encourage it and fan the flame, so to speak, before you know it, you're going to be inundated with more and more tweets because they think they're hurting you and your wife. So the most obvious thing is to say block them and ignore them and just get on with tweeting yourself uh, reasonable things. If you think it's gone above and beyond that, well, one option, and if you think the communications are malicious and they're going just above and beyond a bit of horseplay on Twitter, well, one option is to go and report it to the police and to, to let the police know. They may say to you, uh, having looked at the at the, uh, the tweets, it's a load of it's a load of bunkum. We're not interested. It's a civil matter. We're not getting involved. Uh, but nevertheless, it's a remedy that you might want to consider. Um, in terms of people lying and and doing so in writing, well, the, the option is of course suing them for libel in the high court. You don't want to do that, not for a second, not unless you've got millions of pounds to uh, to spend on on legal fees. So really, options: um, ignore it, um, write them, tell them to stop it. 
uh, ask the police to do something about it. But I, I think that the, 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 the starting point of my comments to you were uh, just block them and ignore them. I think that's the, that's the most realistic. Uh, it's Mark Ellis on the legal surgery here on City Talk 105.9. Next email coming through to surgery at citytalk.fm uh, reads like this. Dear City Talk, I've been charged with an assault. In a few words, a, a fight escalated and after insults, I headbutted uh, a, a woman. I did not break her nose, nor though was there blood. She called the ambulance, but the police came alongside. Uh, I must say, I grabbed her by the wrists. When the police showed up, I admitted the fact. I have no previous police history and I've never been in trouble before. What will happen now? Okay, well, um, the definition definition of assault is that your actions, either intentionally or recklessly, cause someone to apprehend unlawful and immediate violence. So you can assault someone by words alone, and when you connect with them, then that's an assault by beating. So what you're basically saying here from your from your email is that you you are accepting that you've assaulted somebody, uh, and you're saying initially you've headbutted this person, and you say it's a female. Uh, and um, and you grabbed her by the wrist. Well, that potentially might justify you pleading guilty to an assault. So in terms of what happens now, well, you've admitted that you're offending to the police. I'm assuming you've either been bailed pending further inquiries by the police or you've been charged. And if you've been charged at some stage, you'll find yourself going before a court. Now, it's good to hear that... that um, the nose is not broken and there's no blood at all. There are various levels of assault. One, The lowest is common assault. The next up from that is, is actual bodily harm. So common assault is if Mick and I are in the studio now. Let's imagine I pushed Mick and I threatened him. A simple push is a common assault. There's no bruising, nothing like that. Actual bodily harm could be bruising. So uh, it depends on, on, on the injury that you've caused to justify you know what level of charge there is. The next after that is grievous bodily harm. So it goes up and up and up. So in terms of what type of assault have you been charged with will depend upon the nature of the injury. But you seem to be saying, look, there is no significant injury. The difficulty from your perspective is this. If you've admitted to headbutting this person, then of course that's evidence against you. That when you're interviewed by the police, whatever you said to them is taken down in evidence and used potentially against you as part of the prosecution case. So if you said you've headbutted her and you've made that admission, that's quite an admission to make because that's an acceptance that you've assaulted somebody with a weapon. Because what the Court of Appeal basically says is that if you use your head or a shod foot to assault somebody, that's assaulting somebody with a weapon. So that's an aggravating feature in your case. Um, obviously, I don't know what gender you are. You've not given us your name, but you say you've headbutted her. So I'm reading between the lines and wondering, is this a domestic violence type situation? If it is, then the court would give it priority. So what are you likely to get? Well, with full admissions uh, straight away, um, you're going to get maximum credit for a guilty plea. Um, are you likely to avoid custody? Well, it all depends really on, on what the complainant is saying and the level of injury sustained. So we haven't got an awful lot to go on other than, other than your comments. But I like the fact that you say you've got no previous history of offending, that you've never been in trouble uh, and you've made full admissions. That seems to be suggesting that you're working up to admitting it, perhaps entering a guilty plea very promptly. And if you do, you'll get a, a third credit a third amount of credit, which is a discount, any sentence that you may get. So you may well avoid custody. I can't promise you because, of course, I've only got you know, a small amount of items of the jigsaw. I need the full picture before I could properly advise you. But if you've had a solicitor, I'm sure 
at the police station or if indeed you intend to have one at court, they will fill in the rest of the blanks for you because, of course, they'll know the full picture. They'll know what the complainant is saying. Uh, they'll know what the prosecution is saying. And ultimately, they'll have your full instructions rather than just a few lines on an email. So I hope that helps you to a certain degree. Um, one thing that you can look at before you go to court before the matter progresses is to go on to the internet and look at the magistrate's court sentencing guidelines uh, it's a very helpful tool it's available for you to look at and it gives you an idea where your case may fall into and, and in terms of assault it, it, it determines certain categories based on the offence itself and from that you can work out where you think your sentence might might fall uh, Mark Ellis is with us on City Talk 105.9 the legal surgery each and every Thursday uh, if you are listening to the show and uh, maybe you're tuning in halfway through and you think oh my question I might have missed it already listen back on the website citytalk.fm you can also listen back to previous legal surgery shows as well uh, Lizzie has emailed she says dear Mark Ellis this may seem like a strange question but how can we trust a solicitor good question Lizzie on completion day uh, we have put money into their conveyancer accounts what is the protection we have from them uh, to run away from uh, with our deposit how can we make sure uh, that they uh, don't do that, uh, please let me know. I presume Lizzie's buying a house. I would have thought she's buying a house on the basis that she talks about uh, conveyancing. Don't worry. The, the great beauty about being a solicitor is that you must be a fit and proper person to act. Uh, and we, we are all solicitors of the Supreme Court of England and Wales, and therefore our character is absolutely essential. Anyone with the merest hint of a blip is kicked off the role of solicitors and they're not allowed to act. So if you've gone to see your solicitor and they're acting as a solicitor, rest assured there are rules, uh, stringent rules about how we deal with people's money. We can't just stick it in our own account and think, well, that's that. We have to put it in a special account and justify it and know where that money is at all times if it's paying for something else. So if you've handed money over to your to your solicitor as part of the transaction for the for the, for the conveyance, um, then of course that money would be in what we call client account rather than office account. So two entirely separate accounts. And that money eventually will be transferred to wherever it's going to, presumably for the conveyance of the property. Now at the end of your uh, conveyance, once you've bought the house, what you'll get is a bill from your solicitor setting out all the uh, all the money where it's come from and all the outgoings, and it'll tot up, and you'll know exactly where the money's gone. Uh, can you trust them? You bet your life you can trust them. Um, so don't be worrying about, well, what's my solicitor going to do with this money? I would have thought if you speak to your solicitor and say, look, could you just explain to us what's yeah. happening here? You look a bit shifty. You look a bit... Are you <laughs> spying on me? Um, you know, they will, I'm sure that they will spend time to explain to you what the process is. If it's the first house that you're buying, the first property you're buying, it's always a very emotional period and quite a tense period. One of my colleagues at the moment is doing that. and it's that No matter who you are, it's always a very highly pressurised period of time. So that might be playing on your nerves a wee bit. Don't panic. The one person you can rely upon in all of this is your solicitor. So if you've instructed them, they are bound by rules and regulations. They can't just disappear into the night with your money. Uh, and if you have any concerns, just speak to your solicitor. Okay, uh, Lizzie, good question. Good answer as well from Mark Ellis. Thank it's you, City Mick. Talk 105.9. Alex has emailed the show to say, Dear City Talk and the Legal Surgery, what forms would I need to fill in to set up a dog walking business? I've no idea. What do you think, mate? Um, well, you'd have to declare declare the business, so you'd have to um, you'd become self-employed, possibly. You'd be self-employed, so you'd have to fill in tax all the various return. forms, tax returns. If yeah. you wanted to um, create a brand for that business, you'd have to mm. get some sort of copyrighted uh, 
Possibly, yeah, you might do. Branding or something like that? I'm just wondering whether you'd need the local authority involved for health and safety checks and that sort of thing. I I think there'll be insurance, won't there? Is it strict liability insurance when you're out and about in public while working? Yeah, you need strict liability insurance. I don't know why you're asking me, by the way. No, it's well, I think we're just having a bit of a brainstorming session, aren't we, really? That's what it's all about. We are a duo. I wonder whether or not um, the, um, I want to say the the, the inland revenue, but it's not the inland revenue. I'm trying to think of the correct government building uh, or or office or department that when you're setting up a new business mm. they can give you all the sort of various things that you need to maybe do before you get going and advise on things like yes, that. Yes, I can't think of the name either. But in answer to your question, I the honest answer is I don't know. The, the, the actual forms about setting up a dog walking business, um, there must be someone that you could assist, who could assist you in this regard. I don't know whether citizens... Someone who could got... take a lead on the matter. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a rough response, isn't it? But... Let's move on. Um... This one says, Dear City Talk, can I hand my MMO RPG account onto a second party? I have developed a successful profile, but intend to pass it on to a third party for a fee. Is this acceptable practice? Uh, now, there's a, a phrase there which will raise a few eyebrows, and I, I noticed that you didn't instantly understand what it is. Uh, MMO RPG mm. is, uh, for people who play video games, is a yeah. mass multiplayer online role-playing game. It's one of these sort of um, online games where you build a character... Mm. And this is just off the top of my head, this, by the way. You sort of build a character, and then your character develops skills, and then you go into things like battles, and you trade with other characters. And then you can become quite powerful within these little communities that appear online. This person appears to have done such that, and now is thinking, well, I can sell my profile on now. Because yep. people will pay a premium for it. When I was about 14, I used to play Sabutio on the, on the kitchen floor. Flicking little plastic characters around. But imagine your favourite striker, right? You'd built him up as to be the star man. You know, he was scoring all the goals for you. And then you thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sell that on. I'm going to sell that on to my mate. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a superb idea. I don't think that they wouldn't have ever bought Roy Race from from Roy of the Rovers off me. He was hopeless, my my number nine. But anyway, um, look, I, I think this, the issue it has to be fundamentally when you purchase this profile, when you purchase this account, there would have been terms and conditions somewhere that you might have had to say you know, when you when you're going through it. I know it's like when you're downloading stuff, you're asked to tick the terms and conditions, or otherwise you can't go on to the next page. And I think they are the things that would determine whether you are able to do this or not. My gut feeling is you probably aren't able to do that, because what you're basically saying is, well, I'm 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 subletting, I'm I'm selling on this character to someone else, and I think you're probably going to be bound by the well, you are going to be bound by the terms and conditions that you agreed to purchase. Someplace, somewhere, you've signed and you've acknowledged by ticking a little box. I mean, you've played these games, Mick, obviously. No, they, these aren't the sort of games that I would play. But have you ever signed well, on well, for this account? No, no. Um, oh, Mick, yeah. they, these are sort of like. Why World, did I involve you? Well, these are like World of Warcraft type oh, games. Okay, okay. I, I'm convinced. I've never played these things, but I'm convinced that when you purchased it, you would have signed or ticked a little box. Uh, and perhaps the listeners acknowledging this when we can't see them mm. doing it, but but um, I would have thought you would have acknowledged, you'd have signed something or ticked something to acknowledge when, when you perhaps downloaded the game. So check those terms and conditions to see what you can and cannot do. But my gut feeling is I think you probably might struggle to do that. An MMORPG? Exactly that. That's how I feel as well today. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't remember. No. Uh, let's move on. Uh, time for one more question on this week's legal <laughs> surgery. Um, 
Dear Mark, Mark Ellis. A Marl. Marl yeah. Ellis, yes. Slight uh, uh, misspelling there, yeah. but we don't like to normally draw those two. I quite like the name Marl. I might start calling myself that. My friend was involved in a car accident, which wasn't his fault. Uh, the insurance company don't believe him as he is an 18-year-old boy, although he's one of the safest drivers I know. The company now telling him he won't be able to get insured on another car as his was written off in the accident. What are his options? Car insurance for an 18-year-old who's been involved in an accident but wasn't his fault and he's having trouble uh, sort of liaising with an insurance company and getting them to believe him. Yeah, your difficulty is the insurance companies share information. So I think you know if the insurance company's taken a decision, and I don't know what the facts are of the original case, you're saying, well, that he's one of the safest drivers I know. You know, the older you get, the more experience you get driving, you know, for the sheer amount of time that you have been driving. And people who are 17, 18, and they're on the roads, premiums are so high because it's that category of individual that tends to have more accidents on the road. You know, we know that your friend's been involved in a car accident, and I think what you're saying is, well, it's not that person's fault. Uh, I guess insurance companies are in, are incredibly sceptical, are they not? Um, when it comes to dealing with 18-year-old people, they, they tend to think, well, that they're somewhat of a liability and premiums are going to be up, going to go up. Uh, if the insurance company are saying to your friend, you're not going to get insurance, that's them telling your friend. It's not the insurance companies telling him that, despite the fact they do share information. So there's nothing, if, you, if the question relates to how is he going to manage to get insurance, well, I suspect strongly he's going to have to shop around and speak to other insurance companies. If he's not able to do that, perhaps if if he still lives with mum and dad and 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 they have a good reputation with insurance companies, perhaps he can be a named driver on a policy or something of that nature. But he might struggle to get insurance on the basis of of the involvement in the car accident. Now, if you're saying, well, um, we dispute that that he was responsible for the accident. Clearly, the insurance company have made a decision. It might be that they've already paid out, and they've made that determination. Now, can you sort of take your insurance company to court and and, and demand that they look at it again? Not really, no, because they've made that decision. They've looked at it, and they've decided that, that perhaps your friend is responsible, despite the fact that, that he, as far as you're concerned, he's got a reputation um, for being a good driver. So I think the best thing and the only thing you can do is to try and take your business elsewhere and to, to galvanise yourself in this way that perhaps he can't have a, a policy himself but to to become a name driver perhaps um, on mum or dad's policy or something of that nature short of that what else can he do it's waiting isn't it really waiting for time to go by the older he gets the more likely it is that an insurance company will say yep yeah, we'll give you we'll, we'll take a punt on you but the insurance premiums may be high uh, and with that, Mark, we're out of time. Thank you for your time this pleasure, week. Pleasure, pleasure, Mick. Always you. great to see you. If you're just tuning in now and thinking, oh, I missed Mark Ellis on yeah, Legal Surgery. I'm Mick. You can head to the website, just type in Legal Surgery, and uh, all of Mark's previous shows will appear. You can have a listen back, and uh, if you then think, right, well, you might be able to help me out, you can email the show. Surgery at citytalk.fm is the email address. Never changes. Surgery at citytalk.fm. And we could be helping you out as part of next week's show, back next Thursday here on City Talk 105.9. If we get moving, we can be, oh, we can probably get to in town for the last race of the day. Come on, let's go. Let's go. This is the City Surgery on City Talk 105.9.